0: I want to ask a question of Hussein and Alice, since you are our Muslim cast members. um I've noticed this with the coverage of Nusrat Ghani's case, and I happen to notice this with. Uh, someone sharing stuff today about um some of the 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 greatest greatest shits of Melanie Phillips um being that it strikes me that there's also an element of this, for example, with talking about um Islamophobia in the Tory party and in British politics in general, mm. that they they are making motions as if anything in the British establishment is going to take it seriously, whereas you know I, I make the argument that Melanie Phillips got on TV and said that um that every single person who lives in Iran wants to nuke Israel and you know she not only she she wrote columns that inspired the Utoya massacre and her reward for this or her punishment for this i suppose is to continually be on the BBC on the moral maze basically like let's ask the lady who inspired the white nationalist mass murderer to uh, debate the moral questions of our day it strikes me that there's not even the slightest pretense that they're going to treat it seriously. And that seems to fly in the face of any like jumped up logic about how great the HRC is or how great the British state or how like decency wins in this country. And I guess like, you know, that stuff pisses me off, but it pisses me off in abstract in a way, whereas it affects you guys in your day-to-day lives. And and I'd like to, uh, Hussein, I haven't heard from you in a minute, so I wanted to ask you and then Alice also.
1: It's a big question. And I think so like... It's it's a, it's a somewhat more personal question for me because my uh, my partner actually wrote um, one of the kind of like key reports into Tory Islamophobia and like one of the big ones that got a lot of media attention um, before a very short period of time. So like when that news broke out, it was like oh well we've kind of like heard. About this, so many times before, like you know, the Muslim Council of Britain like did a lot of work on this and were trying to get like a lot of media attention on this, and they didn't get any support, including from like the you know from particular Muslim MPs who uh you know have been in the news recently. Um, but I, I you know, it it is it's a difficult question to like answer because it's very much like you kind of for well, I and I can only speak for myself here, like you know i've sort of been resigned to the idea that like nothing materially is going to change like anyway because the rot you know to put it like bluntly like the rot is structural you're completely right like melanie phillips for example is not just on the moral maze but she's on the moral maze that maze is like one of the kind of arbiters of it right so like the person who you have to make your case to and then her job is to kind of like interrogate it from the platform she's matches. the moral
0: minotaur basically
1: i mean yeah basically like if they, <laughs> if they have like a fucking like moral counsel on radio 4 like she is very much like on that council and has been for a long time and it's fucking absurd to me but like you know this council acknowledges humility. <laughs> <laughs> um you know and also just like you know again I, I I also spend a lot of my career like reporting on this and like have being frustrated but it wasn't taken seriously and like you know at like a very even at like on a journalistic level that lots of the stories that we talk about on this show, for example, or things that are very evident of like Islamophobia, for example, being very, you know, uh, very like ingrained into like every British institution. Like that stuff sort of being shied away from or being like accepted as normal, right? Um. So, so like you know, to, just my my short answer to that is really like I don't know. I've kind of accepted that you know it's kind you know uh, when when the Nusrat Ghani stuff broke out my kind of reaction was very much like this is a, this is like a very cynical ploy and a shot to like take, like try take down like a PM at like a weak point and is not sincere in any way and shouldn't really be taken seriously because it's not going to be taken seriously. Like even now, like no one's really talking about it anymore. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, it has dropped
0: off, you know, in favor of party gate stuff and, and you know when you see some of these things getting shared it's 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 mind boggling I mean I don't want to, to go on a tangent also, but it feels yeah,
1: like I, I kind of just want to add but like also like all the stuff that came out of the Nusrat Ghani thing about like you know oh I'm so shocked that like you know this would have happened and like you know Nusrat Ghani is like such a kind of fine politician and someone mm-hmm. and, I'm, and I'm sure she is like I've never met her and like I don't really have anything to point like at her or whatever I'm sure she's like good at her job or whatever right Um, or like good at doing politics or whatever um, the point was it's like, this is nothing new. And like, more importantly, all the kind of complaints about like being a Muslim person working or like in an institution and being discriminated against or being discriminated against. If you're like, like, you know, if you look, you know, if, if you're wearing like a headscarf or something, like for years that's just been like dismissed or it's been minimized and it's been minimized by the likes of like Melanie Phillips and Douglas Murray and like all the spectator writers and all the unheard writers. Like it's been minimized for such a long time that suddenly like now people like give, like are pretending to give a shit about it. It's so transparent. And it's just like, yeah, you know, so yeah, I'll, I'll leave it there.
0: Douglas Murray basically went on record saying that it was woke for a Holocaust Remembrance Center to t- try to teach a lesson about immigration. So, mm-hmm. like, the idea that, yeah, the Minotaur and the murder twink get to be the fucking moral arbiters of this country is hilarious to me. But yet it continues. I, I, I think what kind of physique does a murder twink have? One <laughs> <laughs> Where does that on the scale?
2: Well, I, I think the thing is, right, that, like. It ties into the same thing with uh, like the the AHRC or the Met Police or, or or whoever else having been prejudiced in these ways, obviously, and for decades, um, but, but in ways that were sort of like more societally acceptable, more acceptable to the establishment, more acceptable even to like uh, you know a, a plurality of you know uh, white non Muslim straight cis British people, right? Like, and I think it's it's just an example of like uh it it's kind of we're at this point now where these things can be used tactically because there's kind of this understanding that like oh you know it it doesn't matter anymore we don't have to like worry about any sort of like charges of hypocrisy because nobody pays attention and we've you know we've been able to like uh you know get away with this shit for you know 20 30 40 years whatever um and so like yeah why why not why not make it a political football in sort of this uh, this extremely like uh low stakes sort of way
0: I, for one, was extremely
2: shocked when a man who has a Turkish grandfather and also wrote the book 72 Virgins, which I have not read, but I presume is a kind of Islamic theological
0: work, uh, was discovered to be presiding over some Islamic. He he
2: is culturally Muslim, and as such, he he lusts in his heart for Vienna. That's (laughs) that's what Brexit was
0: really about. I I think really, right, this is... It's not to say that any of these forces in British society are new. Certainly, uh, more brazen, I think, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. More well, more brazen, but also like again, the important thing to remember is popularly like not popular. Um and I think one of the well, the, the important one of the important that questions to ask. And, yeah, and that exactly. previously
2: that was a way of like running interference. That was that was your cover for like if you wanted to do some Islamophobic shit, you could uh you could rely on the fact that uh, you know a decent proportion of the British public would support you. Whereas now I think it's 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 sort of been made apparent that like it doesn't matter if they do or they don't, you can just like impose this shit anyway.
0: I've made this point before that like all one has to do is go through the tweets of British journalists from like 2012 you know do a, a a a a cheeky little twitter search and it's like every single person who's going to bleed on about some sort of you know moral outrage or like discrimination or whatever whatever they're mad about which is always a stalking horse for being you know punching left like they will have tweets from their account they haven't deleted that are basically like islam is cancer hashtag gangnam style like that is <laughs> well, who
2: who is that, who is that labor counselor who who had to resign oh, philip normal F- philip normal how can i philip normal that name?
0: yes <laughs> yes come on who who
2: who managed the the double whammy of some some transphobic tweets and some islamophobic tweets uh, I think also some some other more generally racist ones too uh so yeah, no um I don't know yeah, but I mean look what, what
0: I think what what I'm sort of driving at here, right is that these things are 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 deep are are increasingly unpopular, but they're unpopular on behalf of An edifice, uh, this edifice, this 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 unity, at least in British society, that has become more and more and more unmoored from the actual insular
2: establishment than I think in any time in British political history since, like I don't know, the
0: 1920s, the Levellers, maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe so, since then,
2: yeah, Yeah. I I think it's sort of this like bipartisan multinational consensus that you can just sort of do. Manage democracy, right that you can just kind of like impose shit on people because and you can you can keep winning like one two three, ten percent turnout elections forever you can monster anybody else out of public life uh, and if if there's like you know if, if politics continues by other means, then you just you know tear gas people and eventually it goes away
0: i mean I would also point out that, that the quality of life in this country is getting demonstrably worse I mean when you look at for example, the cost of utilities specifically specifically the cost of natural gas. Mm-hmm. Uh oh, that's you know, it's really like gonna bite uh 170, 200 uh, percent You know, and one of the situations that was recently brought out was the fact that I mean you know, you're looking at like Riley talked about earlier, the you know, universal credit becoming even tighter and more restrictive and just crueler to people. Um, the cost of living of basic staples going up, you know, uh the the, the price of things of, of like non, or like long shelf life goods going up massively in a way that is effectively, it is especially going to hit people on, on reduced or fixed incomes. Um, you know, at the same time, the UK's natural gas fields are pumping records amounts of natural gas because they're not nat- nationalized or there's no national stake in them at all. So that's the high fuel prices are actually an opportunity for like, you know, BP to make a fuckload of money, which they're doing. Like they've pumped more gas in Q4 2021 than any, fourth quarter in the last decade because they were making a shitload of money off it which in a way is, is it, no British people aren't really going to see any benefit from that um and you realize yeah, are you that, like the shortage... that
2: all of their gains won't be reflected in their tax return
0: yeah it's weird how that works and, and <laughs> it's called british petroleum don't like it there's a door yeah never please 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 look away from the fact that it's probably headquartered in like luxembourg or ireland um and the point that i that i'm making here is that you know you can see all this stuff happening and I hate to, you know, deal in cliches here, but it does feel like there's this combination of life getting harder and worse, especially for people on low incomes, which is a lot of people in this country. Like ONS data that I've pulled not too long ago, uh, basically said that of working age adults in the United Kingdom, more than half of them do not earn more uh over the threshold. They do not earn more than the threshold for where you only pay NI, but you don't pay income tax, which is 16,500 pounds a year, um, which is not to say that that's you know, everybody who's in work, but these are you know, working-age adults. And you know, median family income, uh, family income is about 28,000 pounds a year. Um, but obviously, that's you know households. That's not just individuals. And so r- people's utility bills rising by 2,000 pounds a year, which is you know, somewhere between 1,200 and 2,000 were the estimates that were being put out. That's catastrophic to people on fucking your typical British wages, genuinely, and like you don't really see that being reflected as a crisis. It's just sort of been like, oh darn, it really sucks when an act of God makes this happen. And it's like right across the North Sea is a country with a nationalized natural gas and oil company that's pumped about the same amount of oil and natural gas as the UK that has like a one trillion pound sovereign wealth fund. You know, and I'm not saying Norway is the salt is the solution to all of our problems, but what I am saying is that like there was a very obvious different path this country could have taken, and instead it's just fucking immiserated yeah, people. Yeah, you can
2: see where the priorities are.
0: We've nationalized the natural gas. We've got all the 1% of the world's
1: equities in our sovereign wealth fund. It's called being Norwegian. <laughs> and if you don't like it, there is a murder-suicide option <laughs> <laughs> that actually quite a lot of people take up.
0: I was really wondering where that was going.
1: Uh, <laughs> uh, to quote my brother, yeah. my wife's Norwegian, but I be fucking
0: careful. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.